0: There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently. Document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk
1: The Go Radio Business Show with Sir Tom Hunter.
2: Let's see if we can build a policy framework to make Scotland the number one place for renewable energy, offshore
3: wind, onshore wind, tidal in the world.
1: And Lord Willie Hockey.
3: We should be absolutely lobbying the world that Scotland is the place for renewable energy investment, 100%.
1: The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions.
3: Good morning, Thomas. Morning, Willie. Morning. Oh, as we said last week, not a lot to talk about. <laughs> oh goodness. This is this is this is quite good though, Willie, that uh, the show's here. Because uh, at least we can talk about it. Yeah. I think um following on for last week, obviously they had to make remedy to the disaster of the trussonomics. But I've had to say, Tom, I'm badly disappointed with the budget. Right. Give me your thoughts first. You go first this week. Here's my worry. Um, as as bad as Liz Trussie's budget was, there was some indicators in there that it was a mini budget for growth, right? They are making it absolutely quite clear after yesterday's autumn statement (laughs) that there is no room for growth. (laughs) So to be in a position where, people are talking about taxes yesterday, but what what the ordinary man and woman in the street should concentrate on is what they're saying the long-term effects will be. And to say that unemployment is going to rise to 4.9%, what I'm saying, by the way, I think it'll be much more than that. They'll be wrong again. And for Jeremy Hunt to say that his budget yesterday would bring inflation down to just over 7%, it's absolute nonsense as it creeped up to 11.1 this week.
2: Yes, 11.1, a 41-year high, Willie. I I think you predicted that.
3: I did, and Um, I think it'll go
2: higher. I think... I don't think I lost the bet, but I think I think <laughs> you probably predicted that. Um so interest rates three percent today. Next month, another decision. Are they going up again, Wally? Hundred percent. They're going up, yeah. yeah. What do you think? Are we? Again, 75, I think. You think 75? Yeah, yeah. 75 BPS. Um I was interesting before we get into the budget in detail, um, the inflation number. I'm trying to break that down. So food price inflation was up at 16.5 plus the energy, obviously. But we're not the only country um, with inflation. You know, Germany's a bit higher than the UK. Italy's a bit higher. Um, So this inflation is happening across Europe anyway, it's happening in America as well, not to the, do, they don't have the energy inflation, Molly, because they became self-sufficient yes. through fracking um, there. But let's get into the budget. What does it mean for the small business, the business folk out there striving, trying to do their best?
3: I think the raising the threshold for the, the cap, Right, you know, up to three thousand pound is is not good, um, but I'd also like to know the mechanism for how they can say that that's it. fixed at three thousand. I don't get it. And some of the things we've heard, you probably heard them as well, Tom. I'm hearing horrendous stories. I'm hearing about one but one you know large pub restaurant where their energy bills went from thirty thousand to one hundred and twenty two thousand. Yeah. Like, this isn't a hundred percent increase; it's a three hundred percent increase. So I just I am really really concerned for you know this is a business show, and I would say that the budget yesterday does nothing for business.
2: Right. Okay. So, so we've got a budget. It's, we're going to the highest tax burden since the Second World War. Yeah. <laughs> now remember, I'm the optimist of this team here, Willie. Yes. So um, the highest tax burden in this since the Second World War. My goodness. 30 billion of cuts, but as predicted last week, not until after the next election. Yeah. Wonder why that is, Willie. Yeah. And um, 25 billion tax hike. Now, I think the elephant in the room that has not been mentioned is Brexit. Brexit. I mean, we are the only, the UK now I'm talking about, is the only economy in Europe that hasn't recovered to post-COVID Where we were before. And my goodness, Brexit has been a disaster for business. And what can we do about it? Because it seems both political parties, I said a few, maybe a month ago, that Keir Starmer should look at this, because I think it would be a vote winner to say, can we look at rejoining the EU on our terms? What do you think?
3: I don't think there's any chance there's of no chance. there's no chance of labor taking that stand and and I've right. got to say as much as they would want to but then we're right back to, you know, dividing the country again, right? So I think that, you know, that me and you have said it's not the right time again for another referendum in Scotland. It's certainly not. and It's not the right thing. As much as, I, you know, I would be all for it tomorrow, it is yep. definitely not the right thing. Oh. The, the people who have got enough problems at the moment, but, but what we can be doing is, you know, that let's look at how we can work closer with Europe, right? And I think that it was encouraging this week that I think that the meeting with... Um, you know, we Dishy Rishy and Macron went down very well. Well, it's almost going to go well when you give them an extra 30 million to try and keep people off your shores, (laughs) right? But (laughs) I I think that um, there's no doubt, Tom, that you're 100% right that the pandemic has actually masked the problems created by Brexit. Oh, there is no absolutely. doubt about that whatsoever. And for the people's businesses who have been really affected by this, it's a real, real shame because they don't have a voice at the moment at all because oh, everyone wants to blame the pandemic and they want to blame the war in Ukraine.
2: Right. So you're saying, forget about that, Tom. It might be
3: a good idea, but it's never going to happen. It's never. But what we should do is, what can we do you know, to get a, a trading agreement? You know, there would, a better deal could have been done with Brexit a much better deal and what we need is some clever people i haven't met them yet right a part of the government who could actually start get round the table again with the eu to see if we can get some so especially on the movement of labor yeah so i think
2: um we've got a better chance with um rishi as our prime minister he is less combative than boris who is bluster and you know i i didn't rate boris at all but Um, I saw Rishi having meetings at the G20 this week in Bali with um, his European counterparts with Joe Biden. I think he spoke to Joe Biden about the Northern Ireland Protocol, which America wants us to fix. And everybody wants it fixed, Willie. And he has promised something by next Easter. Let's see.
3: Well, these will be the things that will define Richie Sunak. Yep, you know, the, the NI, you know, an problem is something that if he finds a remedy for that, that will be a big tick in the box for him, right? But these are huge challenges. But but the worry for me is is that I think that they are absolutely not in touch with reality if they think that they're out for what we've done yet you know this week in the in the budget i think that what we're going to see is is that the numbers are going to be much worse than they're saying inflation will not get down to seven and unemployment will be higher than 4.9 percent
2: right so i'm always looking for the positives willie so i did read the budget statement i'm i'm quite sad that way and um here's here's a the, good thing it was only sixty three pages. Here's the positives that I found. So pensions are going up ten yeah. percent. Um have you got your pension yet, Willie? You know I think I'm entitled to one next year. <laughs> I'm far too young for that. Um the they have kept the benefits going up in line with inflation. So, you know, this is caring capitalism, I would say. We've got we've got a chancellor and a prime minister with a heart. Don't know if you agree
3: with me. Tom. <laughs> The triple lock was something that they could not touch, right? They were dead if they. And I will tell you this: this is killing them. It's killing them. They have to do this, but but they've done it, Willie. Yeah, they've done um, it. There's energy
2: help for individual households from next April. A, a bit less. The business help is is not clear, Willie. So we need we need to hone in on that in future shows. Um, there's an extra five billion for health, and there's an extra three billion for education. Yeah. That's about all I could find. There wasn't yeah. much more, but I am always looking for the positive. The one thing I would say is we have people in charge of our country, right? And we put our faith in politicians. Maybe that faith has been eroded. Yeah. It certainly has been for me, because we have kamikaze, kami Um then we have Jeremy Hunt. There's been a hundred billion swing in tax and spend policy within four weeks of the same political
3: party. And it I mean what on earth is going on, Willie? Do these people know what they're doing? Well, it's been reported that um, George Osborne has been back in Downing Street, probably number 11 over the last few weeks, more probably when he was when he was Chancellor. And there's absolutely no doubt his fingerprints are all over that statement yesterday.
2: Yeah, and
3: I do actually have
2: some sympathy um, with Keith Anderson, who's the boss of Scottish Power. He actually said and I'm quoting him, I do not understand why renewables are being taxed at similar levels to oil and gas. (laughs) So we set out a, a hopeful policy last week of growth, especially for Scotland, make Scotland the number one place in the world for renewables onshore, offshore, wind, tidal, and let's get this transition to renewables. But the windfall tax, Willie. On the one hand, I understand it. On the other hand, I've got sympathy with Keith Anderson there.
3: It's and it's uh, ironic, you know, that on a day when we're you know, we've just back from COP twenty seven, and they're you know what we're going to do in our commitment, that not only have they done what you've just said, Tom, but they've also sneaked in yesterday that it won't be as favourable to have an electric car from next year.
2: Ah, well, that's
3: going to affect. My wife, so I'm going to have to fork out for that, Willie. So, all the advantages now of trying to help the climate and moving to green and the costs involved with that now, the government are now starting to tax you on that as well. And as you say, you mentioned, this is a trick budget. They're setting a trap for Labour. I'm sure, I am hope we won't fall into it, but you're right, most of it after the next election. After What we need to make sure is that people understand what is actually going to happen after the next election. And I think people do. People
2: are not stupid, Willie. Yeah. But anyway, back to Scotland, because obviously Scotland have quite a lot of devolved powers for this, Willie. So there'll be a Scottish budget on December the 15th, well, John Swinney, I, I do have some sympathy for John, he gets all the difficult jobs yes. of this government. So he's got to come out with his budget on December the 15th. Now, because of a thing called Barnett consequentials, which you'll understand better than me, Scotland will get an extra £1.5 through this, and, and they need to decide how we're going to spend it in Scotland. But I was reading this morning... And I have I have sympathy with teachers and I have sympathy with nurses, but down in England, the teachers have accepted a 5% wage increase. The teachers in Scotland haven't, and they said there, there may be strikes. And the NHS in England have seemingly agreed a 4%, whereas in Scotland, they haven't, and they're asking for 17%. So we need, with the powers we've got, we've got to cut our cloth accordingly. And I also read this morning, you know, in terms of... And I agree with the people with the broadest shoulders have got to pay the most, Wally. I think you agree with that yeah, as well. you um But there's only 20,000 top-rate taxpayers in Scotland. We could probably get them into the Go Radio Business Show here in one room. My goodness,
3: but you're right, Tom, and I don't think anybody is complaining about the you know the reduction in the in the in the higher rate, nobody at all you know let's let's all take a wee bit of the burden, but I think that the point you make here is going to be the biggest biggest challenge for this government, and that will be the public sector pay demands. Yep. Right, that's going to be the big, big challenge for him over the next two years. Right, and it's uh, huge, Willie. Really, huge, isn't it? huge. But to be fair, where they were wrong in the public services is that when inflation uh, and interest rates were so low, then you know they shouldn't have been giving people those measly rises over the years. People are worse off. So when when you know when inflation was at quarter of percent, people should maybe have be been getting two percent wage rises.
2: I understand, right. and minimum living wage at ten pound forty. Yeah, and,
3: the, and that's positive. That, be, that, that, that's good news. Good. The Chancellor was uh, being a bit of a magician in the in the in the autumn statement. You know, it, it's jam here. It's no, there's no jam today, and I can tell you there's no jam tomorrow. But the sad thing, Tom, is when you put it all together, the one thing that even they're stating that people's disposable income will drop by seven percent, and that is a huge impact on business. So trying to help our listeners today who
2: are, as I say, running their businesses, trying their best out there, the first thing to say is worry about things you can control. These are all macro events, Willie. Yeah. And as you've told me about Brexit, shut up, Tom. There's no point moaning about it. It's not gonna happen. I take your point. Um so worry about things you can control. So we've we've talked about it often in the show trying to get through these times, bring your team together, let them understand how the business operates, what's the challenges, what's the opportunities, listen to them, bring them in, get on top of your cash flow and find another entrepreneur, business person out there. So it's a peer-to-peer support and learning. It's so important to share just now because everybody's going through the same. I don't know MD really just now who's going, this is great for me.
3: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And we've said it before. There are going to be challenging times, there's going to be bumps in the road over the next eighteen months. Make sure you get a friendly ear, someone that you can run things past, hear how what's happening in their world. Because like you're not the only person in the world that's got a huge energy bill. You know, the guy next door and the guy in the next door are using the same boat. But I think that we have to stick together and we have to try and work together. As you say, where can we find positive solutions for the problems? And we will. This yes, is what we, we do. We will, will of, get through this, one. Yeah. One of the things I would like to see is if the UK are really serious about, oh, no, we do care about Scotland, let's have Michael Gove up here for a few days on the uh, no, a Leveling Up campaign. Let's or see l- what we can or do. Or with let's Scotland.
2: not, Willie. But anyway, that's <laughs> a different thing. So, my, one of my heroes, um, Elon Musk, he's not having a great week, Willie. Um, I know you're in thinking he's, he's going to uh, disappear. I haven't written him off yet, but... I must say, he sent out an email to the people who were left at Twitter saying, get back in the office, commit to long hours, hard
3: work, or get yourself
2: out of my company.
3: And I see, you know, this (laughs) week that he's... I think he's in front of the legislator and he promised that once he thinks that things are sorted, he will hand over to a new CEO of Twitter. (laughs) I think by that time, Tom it'll be in bankruptcy. Oh, my God.
2: But a bit of good news. Jeff Bezos, one of my other heroes, has said this week of his personal fortune, which is about $120 billion, Willie, he's going to give the majority of it to charity during his lifetime.
3: Hey, good on him. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Can we just... Something we we spoke about in our last week, the week before, was the new Freeports. And I was really disappointed to read this week that the Greens right, are dead against it and they're going to vote against it. So Greens are like, against growth, Willie, yeah. That's, well, that's unbelievable. Yes, yeah, the anti-growth <laughs> campaigners. I would just say that I would like to hear what the government, the SNP, have to say about the Greens' approach to this. I'd love to know what they've got to say.
2: It's an impossible position, really, to have a partner in government who's against economic growth.
3: Yeah.
2: A wee plug, I read this in the Herald, um, This week, a company in Paisley, I don't know them, but they're called Clark Contracts. And during the last month, they're a building contractor. They've won £30 million worth of business, Willie. So what I would say is there are still people out there getting on with it, not worrying about all the Westminster bubble or the Holyrood bubble, and are getting on with it. So good luck
3: yeah. to clap I, I, know the, I know the company, I know, them, know them well, women? and they've done I've you know, done great over the years. So, you know, and it's been a lo- well-established business. So as, as we said earlier, there is ways of going forward, but you have to do it yourself. Don't wait for the government to help you. So
2: you're not quite jumping off the ledge, Willie, this week? I,
3: I'm never jumping off no. the ledge. Well, I am mean, I've been a realist, but I'm always trying to find solutions. At the same time, when I'm having a go at things, I'm in the background trying to fix them. So we will get through this. You've heard that first in the Go Radio Business
2: Show. OK. So, another good bit of news, Well, The Go Rural Business Show is going on the road. We're going to the Scottish Edge finals at RBS headquarters in Gogarburn on the 6th of December. Now, Scottish Edge, as you know, you're one of the supporters. Thank you so much. We have invested £20 million in over 500 Scottish businesses since we started. So, thanks to the Scottish Government... Thanks to RBS, thanks to entrepreneurs like you, Willie. And we're going to do The Board You Can't Afford live on stage the
3: 6th of December. That's fantastic. But I think we should make sure that the listeners know that that £20 million you never took any equity off you, of anybody. Never a penny. Right. So there is help out there for businesses. So again, I am really looking forward to that roadshow.
1: coming next Hunter and Hockey chat to Jordan McKellar CEO of Probe Test Solutions Limited the Go Radio business show with workflow solutions part of the Scottish procurement framework for managed print solutions available to all public sector bodies and charities Go Radio
0: there are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently document management printing IT support digitisation data security and more As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs, saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk
1: Radio business show with Hunter and Hockey. This week's special guest is Jordan McKellar, CEO of Probe Test Solutions Limited, a Test Solutions provider to the semiconductor industry. PTSL is a global business employing staff in Europe, the US, and Asia.
3: Jordan, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. And this,
2: well, like, is another story. It's a brilliant story. I'm so pleased Jordan's in this morning, and you're gonna make him famous today.
3: We keep finding all of these gems and here's another one. <laughs> Jordan, do I start by telling our listeners a wee bit about yourself, just your start and then about the business?
4: Yeah, sure. Uh, so my name's uh, Jordan McKellar. Uh, I grew up in uh, Washer, uh, actually just outside Washer. Uh, so I grew up kinda in the scheme, not from money. I uh, was always quite entrepreneurial as a kid, but I started out uh, in Motorola. As an apprentice technician up in Motorola in East Kilbride. Right, yeah, remember? Uh, yeah, so I got good uh, good schooling through that. Um, they put me through college and university, which didn't really interest me too much. I was more interested in the practical side of it. Um, worked there with a great bunch of people uh, and then progressed from there to working for a company. I started in what was the probe card repair department. So probe card's used for testing uh, microchips or any anything with electronics in it. It's got a chip of some sort. Um, and what we make is a, a probe card which tests that. So I started in Motorola and their probe card repair department fixing these things. Uh, it's probably another story how I ended up there. But <laughs> uh, but yeah, I got, I got in there and I uh, worked there for uh, four or five years and then moved to a supplier of probe cards who were also in East Bride. Um, and, you know, at that time it was, you know, the kind of tail end of the glory days of what was Silicon Glen. You know, Scotland was a great hub for semiconductors back then. And now... Uh, it was kind of coming to the end of that era uh, where asia manufacturing was very attractive the low cost of that and there, there seemed to be a kind of train that was heading for asia where all of these technology companies and everybody got aboard it and it left a bit of a, a you know very skilled workforce in scotland out of work you know so yeah. at, at that point i was i was kept on uh, when the, the probe car company I was working for closed down and moved to asia i was kept on as an engineer manager for europe but most of the manufacturing folks that I'd worked with and served my time with uh, were out of work. And you know, you were going into the likes of Asda, and folk would beeping you know, skilled test engineers that would have been on really good money were beeping stuff through the it, right? It was a, a bit of a disaster. So what was the year? What, what kind of
2: timelines are? Uh,
4: so this was kind of late two thousand. so uh, during the 2000s, so really from the kind of dot-com uh, era yeah. onwards, it, okay, it, right. it kind of started to go a bit pear-shaped, I would say, for Scotland and electronics. Obviously, right. Asia at that time was was very much up and coming. I'm with you, Yep. Um, but yeah, so um, I always had a desire to kind of uh, run a business, and the next trigger point, I was working for a, a distribution company based in London. I was I was up here working for a company in London that was selling probe cars that were now manufactured in China, uh, which wasn't really exciting me. It wasn't exciting the customers; they wanted a more local presence, um, and at that time, Motorola was. Known as Free Scale at this point, so I'd become Free Scale, but um, they were closing down, uh, and the Pro Card Repair Department that I'd served my time in was going as part of the factory closure. Uh, So I went along a Business Gateway at that point and said, "Look, you know, I think I've got an idea that we could save a few of these jobs and and try and build some of this stuff in Scotland." And they they pretty much laughed it off and kind of said, "This is a crazy idea, you know. This won't work. You know, electronics in Scotland's kind of dead." You're trying to do something that there's not really a market for. So uh, I kind of left there with my tail between my legs, kind of thinking it probably wasn't such a good idea. Um, But the company I was working for at the time, I didn't give up at that. I kind of suggested to him, like, why don't we set up a repair centre in Scotland? We could service the stuff that we sell in Europe uh, from Scotland. Uh, So we spoke to the folks at Motorola, got them to give us some of the equipment. Uh, Would plan to set that up in Scotland, and and once we actually had hold of some of the equipment, he then announced he was moving it to uh, Italy to service a, a customer in Italy, which really hacked me off. So oh, uh, dear, that right. that was obviously people in Scotland thinking they're kind of doing you a favour, giving you a pile of equipment to, to manufacture here. Uh, and here it was, kind of moving out of Scotland. Um, so
2: so you're a really proud Scot, I can tell. Aye, I'm very and passionate here, yeah. One of your motivations was skilled workforce right here in Scotland, and you could see it all dissipating out the door. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely, Tom. Yeah,
4: no, it was uh, it was frustrating to see that happen. Um, around that time, I went along to a church men's breakfast, so we're uh, a... Christian family had gone along to this church men's breakfast, the table where everybody that I knew was full and I randomly sat next to this guy uh, Gordon Stirling who uh, he serviced uh, the equipment the probe cards went on. So this is like in Bunkle, which is just outside the uh, uh, Washer. Uh, <laughs> you know, Dallas, the chances of the Dallas two are- Dallas uh, 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 very, very close to where Hugh is, uh, Celtic yeah. fans know it yeah. well. <laughs> 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 but uh, I so I met Gordon and, you know, he was servicing the equipment the probe cards went on and it's a really small industry. So we're kind of like, how have we not met, you know met? And We knew all, all of the same meet? people. It was just yeah. a chance meeting, yeah. Right. Uh, See the big man up there takes ab- care of ab- Peter, yeah. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, but eight, eight weeks later uh, we kind of formed a plan to start the business and wow. Uh, yeah, kicked off with a couple of thousand pounds each and built the first probe card at the kitchen table. So you need you need like a vacuum to kind of suck the wafer down onto a chuck to do the testing. So uh, there's a photo of Gordon testing the stuff at the, at the kitchen table <laughs> with the Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> with duct tape running. Improvising. I providing the, uh, providing Brilliant. the vacuum. So, uh, Brilliant. With, I love that. Started for very... Uh, yeah, so that 2,000 pounds each really was what, got the company started. And when is this? What year is this? This was 2009. Right. So, yeah, so we, we started. So right
2: in uh, the middle of the worst financial crisis, <laughs> just just for the listeners this morning, you know, businesses are born out of adversity. Yeah. And great businesses will be born during this difficulty. So your story is Brilliant this morning,
3: Timing.
4: Jordan. Timing, yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Um, and, you know, Gordon at that point, he was contracting. He was actually not working for anyone, so I would work. But I was at the peak of my career, and even though we were in a downturn, uh, you know, I was in the best job I'd had, you know, brand-new Audi company car. I was in a great position working for this guy who was moving the equipment kind of uh, off to, to Italy. To Italy. <laughs> so when I phoned him up to give him a notice, he was kind of like, get off your head. You know, what are you thinking about? You're bringing in almost half the company's sales uh you're you know packing your job in in the middle of the session, but uh yeah, we just it was more about the prospect of actually uh creating these jobs and and saving something that you know I felt at that point this was a kind of last chance to learn with it really you know if we didn't really try and use this opportunity to get something going uh then it was going to be gone it truly really would have been gone, and the the, the opportunity would have been uh would have passed us up, and how has the company growing? As yeah, so the company's growing from there, so we're on track to do about 20 million dollars this year. Um, wow. so,
3: <laughs> so and how many yeah. people are you employing?
4: Uh, we're employing around 80 just now, so we're hiring a lot of people at the and, minute. And were these people you knew who were maybe
2: getting them off the ASDA? Asda. And...
4: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we, we, were, uh, we were able to hit the ground running because there was so much experience, you know. I think to do it. Without that would have been very difficult on the budget we had you know we had experienced people we were able to bring in they were hitting the uh-huh. ground running and uh, you know we are very every move you make when you you're not borrowing money I mean the company has never borrowed a single You've penny never borrowed any money it, never borrowed any money and <gasps> until very recently we hadn't taken any investment either So mm.
2: how does your cash flow work i'm I'm fixated by businesses' cash flow so who's who's your customer and how do they pay you?
4: <laughs> uh, so our customers, I, I mean, some of them I'd, I need to watch in terms of I mean, naming na- na- names but name se- semiconductor companies, yes. right? right. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, payment terms would be typically 30 days, 60 days. So, so you're, giving you're them credit? Yeah, yeah, you need yeah. to give them. Still haven't any borrowed any money? We still haven't borrowed any money, My yeah. Goodness,
2: so, Willie, this is a great story.
4: Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. So you're kind of getting by on, you know, going from earning really good money to, I think we made about 500 quid a month for the first 18 months, so it was very... Yeah. Uh, you, you're not making a lot of money. It's not really making you right. <laughs> well <laughs> off in those early stages, as it's I'm sure you guys know as well, right? So, in Jordan, a...
3: the big question is, and this is a fantastic story how How do you manage to compete with the East? You know what I mean? So yeah. How How are you competitive?
4: So now, now, I think we've actually gone full circle. You know, yeah. now now I'm recruiting people in the East to support product that we're shipping over there, and I can say categorically, it's as expensive to hire somebody in China in Taiwan as it is to hire in Scotland now. And I think this is really largely overlooked. You know, there's an opportunity for Scotland here, especially with the pound being so weak and the dollar being so strong. Scotland's a very competitive place for this industry to be taking another look at, you know, even from a chip manufacturing standpoint, I would say that's a case.
3: So tell the listeners of your your chance meeting with someone who changed everything for you. Uh,
4: So, yeah, in terms of uh, the the kind of next stage of growth so obviously the uh, company's grown with 30% CAGR since 2012 so it's always been a, a fast-growing company everything you do has to make money back to your cash flow there Tom yep, you know yeah. every business decision we made had to have a very short ROI in order to make sure that you're generating the cash and, and reinvesting it. it um, but in 2017 I'd gone along to a, a, one of the industries um. Conferences, if you like, where it's a technical uh, symposium. So you're going along and watching technical papers of what the next best thing is. And uh, this one was for final tests. So we, we deal with testing semiconductors at wafer stage, which is halfway through the manufacturing process. Um, this was like the final test one. And I saw something for testing all your RF devices. And if you think how big RF is now, so just think like your car radar uh, sensors, your uh, 5G, 6G, anything that's wireless communication needs very high-speed testing. Right. So I went to this conference, seen this product, thought that looks absolutely phenomenal for the final test. I followed the CTO, CTO into the bar and said, look, could, could I license that for you for wafer testing? And again, you know, I was uh, getting used to it. The, uh, the kinda, uh, guy pretty much laughed it off, right? You know, there's no there's no way we would, uh, uh, we would license this. This is our key technology. Uh, So fast forward a couple of years, we are looking at, you know, various different pin technologies for uh, our own probe cards. And I'd gotten to this guy over in Dallas. Uh, He'd made some samples for us, and I flew over to have a look at the samples. Right. Sitting in the meeting and on the table, I can see what looks like the RF component of this other product. So I said to the guy, well, are you you buying that from X? And he said, no, I'm supplying them. I said, "What what do you mean you're supplying them? he said, well... That's our number one customer, you know, I, I supply them. Uh, so I'm like, how many do you make kind of thing? He says, so it's, well, <laughs> it's 80% of my business. How many do you want to see? So by the end of that meeting, I'd hands cans to give the guy uh, a little bit over $10 million for his business without <laughs> having $10 million, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it was it was right. a very... You still haven't
2: um, any borrowed any money yet,
4: <laughs> right? We still haven't borrowed any money. We, ha- we have, however, taken investment. Right? Ah, right, yeah. okay. So yeah, so that, that meeting took place. And the, the deal was done... With a option agreement, so I was like, basically, I want you to give me three years. I was trying to do it without borrowing money, so I was kind of, I want you to give me three years where you can't sell this business to anybody else. I want to button this up legally. I will pay you for the the uh, the option on it if you yep. like, which ended up being almost half a million in itself. Um. That was drip fed but i was thinking i'll be able to turn this into you know the way we've done with the rest of the business i'll be able to generate enough cash with us over three years to be able to buy it so you're always right.
2: thinking about the cash
4: yeah 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 so you're, you're a boy from
3: Bunkle. you've never had any experience of doing anything <laughs> you're getting sick and tired of looking at scotland it's a brain drain everybody's leaving people are losing good jobs you've got this idea you start a wee business with a friend that you meet at a church meeting Right, and then the next thing that you're, you know, you're travelling the world, you're trying to grow your business, next
4: thing you're looking at PE. Yeah. Did you have a mentor in here? Did somebody help you? Did somebody give you advice? Yeah, absolutely. Many mentors along the way. Um, I mean, the, the one that kind of flipped us into getting the investment was, uh, was Alex McCann, who's a Scot that lives over in uh, Silicon Valley himself. So he's held some really big positions with Dialogue Semiconductor, with uh, Linear Technology. Um, but yeah, the way I ended up meeting up with Alex, so I, I, I met him at a, a dinner. So there was a guy, a Scottish guy over there that I would meet quite regular for pints when I was over there. He's figuring it, but lives out there as well. <laughs> he was going to a, a dinner with his wife uh, and Alex and his wife and a few other people would go to these dinners and uh, his wife couldn't make the dinner. So he said, why do not you just, instead of going up for pints, why do not you just come to this dinner? So this was how I met Alex, uh, which was only maybe three or four months before Agreeing to pay this guy the money for buying the, the business. So, having left this meeting, so I've left this meeting with the guy, can I agree to write a cheque that I didn't have the respond uh, <laughs> <sponsorists laughs> to, to? To back up. Uh, and uh, I was meeting Alex for, for lunch that week. So, I got along uh, to meet him for lunch and he texts me just before he says, I'm, I don't know if you've seen the news, but Dialogue just sold to Renesis. And... Um, I'm not working there anymore, but I'm still up for lunch if you are. So I turn up at lunch, you know, buzzing with, uh, you know, I had samples at this point, so I stuck everything on the table and I'm like, <laughs> here's the deal. How how do I, you know, firstly, how do I button this guy up legally to make sure that nobody else can buy the technology? And secondly, you know, how do I, how do I go about raising the funds? And from there, uh, you know, he brought Dialogue Semiconductors m a guy to the table, right. uh, Mark Brian. Tindall. Brian. Uh, and Mark brought, Dialogue CEO and these guys had gone from, you know, Dialogue Semiconductor, if you're not familiar with who they were, they, they were the main manufacturer of the PMAX for Apple. Right. Uh, right. So, okay. You know, they sold, sold for billions, eh? Sold for almost $6 billion, I yeah. $6.9 billion. Wow. Billion. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, their CEO, uh, their operations guy, and their MA guy are, are now kind of trying to shape this deal up for me. And I'd caught them at a good time because obviously <laughs> right. they're bored out of their mind, right? One's phoning in for the beach in Greece, and the other ones, right. <laughs> they were. Right. They were but the great thing about this story,
3: isn't this is for the listeners, that as hard, you know, as confident as we're going to grow a business and as hard as we're going to work, you need the two wee bits of luck. Yeah, you meet yeah, Gordon yeah, Sterling yeah, yeah, at yeah. the church and you meet Alec McCann, no wee bit of serendipity. Yeah, 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 so yeah. all along we're always telling people that you need that wee bit of luck along yeah, the way yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. So yeah, I would I
2: would say here, Willie, luck, yes, but the great lesson this morning for the listeners is that as the leader of your business, you've got to be out and about. You've got to be networking. You've got to be finding out. You know, you were at a conference looking for the next technology. What you were actually doing was looking for people. You didn't know it. But obviously, you're a people person because the full M&A team of this (laughs) come to help you. And I'm I'm sure you didn't agree to pay them.
0: (laughs) Uh,
4: Yeah, no, I mean, they they were initially doing it just, uh, you know... Alex, in particular, uh, because of the great interest in Scottish businesses, you right, know? Yeah. Uh, They are now on our board. They're actually they? wow. all invested as well, you Brilliant know. So, fantastic. so we went down this kind of private equity route, which I had always said, you know, Gordon and I, when we started the business, were like, "How do we create safe and secure jobs in Scotland?" Right? Like, so that was a that big motivator it, right? for you. And so many people waded off over the years. It's just been a horrendous journey for everybody, and we experienced that. And we'll try to hire people back into it you felt a bit of resistance you know for people that maybe had worked in a, another industry but but that's what it was all about it was about how do we how do we uh, do that and and Alex quickly picked up on that uh, passion and was was all uh, all for it and, and driving it but we did not want to borrow money because we didn't want to have the business at risk and we didn't want to take investment because we didn't really want to end up losing control of it and have yeah. it where somebody says well it's cheaper to do it in China let's move it to China kind of thing so yeah. we're always against Private equity, or well, against against any kind of financing, if you like. And are you
1: and
2: are great, happy to talk about that journey into private equity, or? Uh, that...
4: We can talk a bit about it. I mean, there's certain things I'll obviously need to watch. A wee I bit, yeah, it. but I, I I think in terms of uh, you know going down that route, uh, I didn't imagine we'd be able to do it, giving away you know a smaller shareholding as we were. So obviously, at the point we took it, the company was mature. So it's great you have got
3: 30 million investment and it's just a minority stake you yeah, sold. Yeah, Fantastic, yeah, yeah, brilliant. Yeah. yeah.
4: yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, but my my thoughts on that changed a lot during the process and through sitting down with the likes of Joel and Alex and, and Mark uh, and understanding, you know, what we had because you don't realise how valuable it is until you, you've got, you know, we had six P's fighting over it, basically. They were they were whining wow. and dining us, kind of uh, pushing for us to select them in the process, uh, which was phenomenal, really, to, to be in that position, which therefore resulted in us getting a deal that, you know, I feels a great deal for them and a great deal for us. You know, right. we still are very much. Oh, that's what makes a great future. deal a great Absolutely. deal when both sides are happy. Yeah,
2: that's it. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah?
4: That's it. Yeah. Absolutely. And where where is where are you based? Uh, so, I, we're based in Hamilton. All right. So, uh, in Howhouse in the posh bit. I
3: know How House well. Te- and <laughs> the technical part
4: there? Uh, we're not actually. We're right uh, next to the jungle. So, we really are in the posh bit. But we're uh, we've the just jungle. We're in the process of, uh, process of uh, buying and building up in the technology part right yeah. now. So, we're just going uh, to close that at the
2: minute. So, how about your own personal journey? Because Willie's kind of laid it out you know, you start out of adversity, you end up doing M&A in America you end up taking private equity and it all seems to be, I just take it on my stride and it's great. I mean, how have you felt through all this and what's been the key things for you? Uh,
4: I think, you know, you take it one step at a time. You know, if you're going back to the start, did I see it getting to this size? I probably wasn't looking that far ahead in the early days. Uh, You know, once you get up to... uh, I, I, probably when we got to about 10 million you start to set your eyes and think well actually we can be a technology leader here right and get a wee bit more ambitious and pushing it but I regularly pinch myself you know it's, it's hard, hard to uh, comprehend sometimes where uh, the business is but I think the thing for me is really to see uh, the staff right you know it's, it's a right family environment I watched a podcast the other day with somebody uh, talking about you know not calling uh, your staff at this family business because it creates a culture of people working too hard. I'm, I'm all for that. But but they are really behind the company. They've worked for companies where, you know, the slightest wee dip in the economy, they're getting laid off, they're not taking care of. We pay bonuses like we're a Silicon Valley company, you know. We, right. Our staff can earn up to 24% of their salary a bonus if we're achieving. Uh, and we're about to dump a, an ESOP plan on them that should enable them, uh, you know even the the lowest earner in the company to walk away with, with six figures if we achieve our goals over the next few years so
3: and it's ironic now you know obviously when you went to see you know Scottish enterprise or gateway where it was back in the day and, and the PEG, you no know, sent you on your way, you're the sort of story that Willie Watt would love somebody sitting in front of him and out the snib bank to invest in. Absolutely. Yeah,
4: <laughs> uh, I will say, I mean, to, to uh, give them their due, they, they did redeem themselves there, you know, right. and that, that early conversation was a really tough one. Uh, and yeah, it did it probably... Yeah. Poured a lot of water on yeah, it to start
3: that's, with. That's great to know. That's in, good
4: to in know. in 2020, I got a million yeah. off them as an R&D grant, which allowed us to kind of propel wow. forward right. into that. So. so well yeah. done, Scottish yeah. Enterprise. Yeah. Well done, yeah. Scottish so Enterprise. You, so you yeah. have been helped, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: okay. yeah. yeah. Well, Absolutely. listen, credit where credit's due. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. But you've got time now because you've built a big business. So you've got more time to think as the leader. So what's on the horizon for you? What do you see now?
4: So really, it's to capitalise on this technology acquisition that we've done. So, you know, we've gone from being a company where our technology has been good, but we've really been selling on service and we've been selling on, uh, you know, the quick turn cycle time, et cetera. And we're now in a position to be a technology leader in the marketplace. And it's a big market. You know, the number one in the industry is 800 million in turnover. So Wow. But it's great now because, you know, you've got the IP,
3: which is in your industry that's key, yeah, key to everything. Yeah for, sure.
4: yeah,
3: for sure. Brilliant, brilliant. And what
4: about your senior management team? Who have you grown up running about you? Uh, so a lot of ex Motorola's in there as well. So our chief operating officer's and ex Motorola that, you know, worked in the production area up there with me, David Law, uh, great guy. But, yeah, the management team are uh, phenomenal. They all are, you know, some of them, if I take, like, David our engineering manager, you know, he came in... On 18 grand a year you know he started in a salary sacrifice position maybe not at the same tune as myself but uh you know he's grown up with the company and been there from the, the really early days passionate about it and a real you know he would he's the kind of guy that would go to anybody's office and be like what are you selling that, at that price for you know he would, he would challenge He looks after every single penny that the company's got but, yeah. but we do have a, a tremendous uh, management team and we're now getting to the stage of Recruiting the industry's best talent. So previously, if I went out to California and tried to hire a big name, they would they would wouldn't even come at the table for a conversation with you as this mm-hmm. tiny wee company in Scotland. Whereas now we've just hired, you know, the industry's best signal integrity engineer is now our CTO, uh, wow. Don Thompson. Wow. So our CTO is California based actually, and we've been recruiting uh, a lot of talent in the US. And we're now at the point where we're getting phone calls from. You know the industries who's, who who want they get on board, yeah, yeah. which is a, a fantastic position for us to be in. It's quite new for me really to be in that. that place. So, so the big
2: we... learning Willie here for for me is that the entrepreneur with us today, Jordan, he's seeing the opportunity. It's not government that sees the opportunity. It's not government bodies. It's the entrepreneurs who see the opportunity and they go for it, and therefore. Government policy needs to get behind that. It shouldn't be ahead of it because he's the one that's seeing the opportunity, creating the jobs... Loving Scotland, and I think it's a brilliant story this morning.
3: Yeah, it's amazing, and I think, especially the partner, you know, we've got a wee segment in the show, you know, the board you can't afford. And it, it, it sounds like listening to you, Jordan that these heavy hitters that you've managed to get involved in the businesses,
4: non-exec directors, is invaluable for you. Is that the case? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, having those guys on board when you're going out to private equity really. It yeah. made a massive difference, right? Because yeah. it, it just gives you huge credibility. Yeah. Uh you know, we had a good solid history, but I bet you didn't you know what like an ROI was until you met them. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't even know what a bit there was in twenty twenty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> was was he bit Dan ROI? Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jordan, again it's another, you know, the 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 greatest story never told and Wonderful to hear that story, and thanks very much for
4: coming on the show this morning. I yeah, no, appreciate you having us on. Thank, Thank you good. so much. Yeah, nice to be here. Thank you. you. Brilliant. Cheers.
1: Coming next on Hunter and Hockey, the boards you can't afford. The Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, providing secure archive storage to your business. Go Radio!
0: There are lots of things a business needs to help it run efficiently document management, printing, IT support, digitization, data security and more. As a true managed service provider, Workflow Solutions can help with these and a wide range of other business needs. Saving time and money for businesses across the UK. Help your workflow with Workflow Solutions, the work from anywhere experts. Visit workflo-solutions.co.uk.
1: The board you can't afford. This is the Go Radio Business Show with Hunter and Hockey.
3: Ken, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. Thanks for having
5: me. We'd like to tell listeners a wee bit about yourself, the company, and whatever your question is. I'd love to. Thanks. Yeah, my, my name's Ken Morris. I am the founding managing partner at MM Search. Um, we are Scotland's fastest growing executive search and headhunting firm. So, yeah, thanks very much for having me on the show. Really, really really appreciate it. So my my question is, um, you you both run multiple businesses. And so my question is around the hiring of of senior talent um, into an organisation. So I suppose when it comes to hiring senior leadership roles, how much of an onus do you put on the personality, culture and the chemistry um, of, of an individual and I suppose the overall fit Um, versus their experience, their qualifications, and their skill set in order to carry out the role? Okay, well, I think I'll go first on this one.
1: Okay.
5: Um, I would say to you
3: that absolutely the culture is number one. Okay? Uh, Before you look at the qualifications, before you look at the experience, I spend a lot of time talking to the person that I'm bringing in a senior level To find out about them, to find out about their family, to find out about their background, all the things now that you're not allowed to ask on a forum, (laughs) basically. Yeah. Right? So all the PC stuff that you can't do is trying to to get under their skin a wee bit to find out what's really in their heart. And if I feel as if that person's values are in line with mine, then there's a good chance he's he's 40% there. And then I'll look at his experience, I'll look at his qualifications. But I have to say to you that what I've found over the last years, I don't know if it's COVID or whatever, that I've kind of let my guard down a wee bit and I haven't been doing enough digging because we've, we've got a couple wrong. And, and you yeah. know, when it's a senior executive, it's a lot of money, it's a lot of time that you've wasted if you don't get it right. So what I have done now is... I used to wonder why people had three interviews and four interviews, and and now I know why. Now I know why. It takes a wee bit more to find out. So for me, about the culture and the values and then your experience and your qualifications thereafter. Tom?
2: Yeah, I mean, Willie, I I don't have too much to add to that. I think that's right on the money. I mean, the amount of people who, on paper, look brilliant, and then within the first minute of meeting them, I say, this isn't going to work. And we may have organized dinner,
5: and I just want to leave <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> what do you think? I think that's the difficulty. I suppose you you'll have been on the the other side of the table when you know people turn up for an interview, and everybody will turn up in their best suit jacket, their best dress, blouse, you know whatever, and a big smile on their face and, and their world is completely intact, so it's so difficult to try and get a solid understanding of you know, who that person is. You said uh, what's in their heart. Uh, you know, it's so difficult to get that from an interview across the table. They'll be nervous. They'll not understand. So I think, yeah, I think, you know, a couple of stages are, are really trying to get into the individual and understanding who they are in a proper grown-up conversation, not not the teenage dating way of, you know, I love rock music, so do I. In actual fact, they don't. They, you know, <laughs> and I think that's the important thing is, and, and whatever c- company decides to, you know, to, to do that, to the, the, the process. So, yeah, I would agree. So, so, Ken, let me just give a wee story before we go.
3: Um, I needed a senior executive in the States, okay? So you can imagine we're doing a big recruitment company there, right? Yeah. And and what they do now is they do a lot of the work, you know, before they actually put a candidate in front of you. And I was flabbergasted when the head of the, the, the search company phoned me and said to me, Willie, we've had our psychologist interview the guy and we think he ticks all the boxes, you No, know, for the role. I mm-hmm. says, that's great. He says, right, the next part in the process now is the psychologist interviews you and we see <laughs> if the twos are a good fit. <laughs> I said, I tell you what, I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I can imagine how that went. Absolutely, ah, And, and you'll not know, believe it. When I'm talking to the head of the search company, it, it was during COVID, to be fair. He's in a wee wooden hut outside the back of his house, right? It looks like one of these pine saunas and I couldn't concentrate for thinking. I wonder if i switched on, right? But, but Ken, I, I
5: hope I hope that was helpful. So, so Ken, anyway, how's your business going? It's it's, uh, it's going very well, thanks. Yeah, Good. we're continuing to to grow year on year. Uh, we set up to be a, a challenger brand to traditional executive search um, five years ago, and it's, it's been a great journey. Um, we've now got uh, over 20 people and a couple of offices. Right. Uh, we've worked with um, with with over 100 clients to date. But just on that point about, you know, in the States, what's interesting, what we found, we weren't in a, a wee wooden hut, but, you know, maybe not far from it. Uh, and, and we ended up being able to do some work internationally because, um, you know, chief execs were unable to travel. Everybody was unable to travel. So, you know, somebody looking for a hire, a senior hire in the States, couldn't jump on a plane, go out there and and meet with a headhunter and a bunch of people, and they had to rely on somebody doing it.
3: Yeah, never yeah, for a minute we... came when I started off in business, did I think I'd have to be get involved in psychometric charting and profiling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, thought know, I, was, I thought I was getting a Belbin's test.
2: I would I would like to see Willie's psychometric test. Yeah, um, yeah. come
3: and watch me at gung ho. <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, yeah. Ken, thanks
2: for right. calling in this morning. Best of luck in your business. Keep in touch with us and keep listening to the Go Radio Business Show.
3: Cheers. Thanks. We're setting the bell.
5: Thank Bye. you. Thanks, Frank.
1: Listen to hunted and Hockey anywhere, anytime, wherever you get, your podcast, the Go Radio Business Show with Workflow Solutions, helping your business with document management, print, and IT solutions.